0: Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning, hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome everybody to the Life and Legacy Show. My name is Tim Seckler from the Seckler Law Firm, and I welcome you to our educational show here that we do on Word FM each and every Saturday morning. Or you may be listening to this show on a podcast. You can find it on Spotify or Apple iTunes podcast. Um, <clears throat> and what we do on the show, if this is your first time checking it out, is we talk about uh, some of the things I think, you know, based on, uh, need to know based on what I do for a living. So at my law firm, we do, uh, all things, estate planning, wills and trusts and powers of attorney. And we deal with, uh, issues regarding seniors, uh, what we call elder law issues. Uh, and so that typically involves around, um, <clears throat> Long-term care planning, helping people get the care they need without going broke in the process, is kind of a is kind of a passion of mine. It's why I started the law firm in the first place. And, and our goal here is to let you know how these rules work, uh, let you know what the pitfalls are, how you can, you can avoid some of the mistakes that that people end up finding themselves uh, in trouble with, and how is it that you can set up your family for success because. It seems to me that most people don't live their whole life working and going to work in the factory or the mill or the professional office or wherever it is that you work, uh, spending your whole life trying to accumulate some funds just to lose it to a battle with Alzheimer's disease on the back end. I, I just don't think that's most people's vision of the American dream. But unfortunately, that's what happens with a lot of people who don't properly plan ahead for Uh, things like long-term care expenses. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to chat about the different uh, things that I think you need to know. Now, in particular today, I'd like to spend some time chatting about the nursing home admission process. All right. So if you have a loved one in a nursing home or if you have a senior that you're uh, caring for and and we're thinking that maybe a nursing home is in our future, I'm going to chat with you about what that looks like and, and some pitfalls to avoid uh, some things to be cognizant of, and if you're not quite in that position yet, and if you're not anywhere near to that position yet, I do think this is helpful information because you're going to find uh, you're going to find yourself or a loved one that you know in that position sooner or later, and so it's probably worth your your listen. It's only a half an hour show, uh, you you know, listen to it in the car, or do whatever. But this is going to be some really good information. Now, got to do a disclaimer here because today we are going to be chatting about some legal technical issues. And what I want you to to know is that you should not be making decisions based on what you hear on this show or any other radio show for that matter. This elder law stuff and estate planning stuff is confusing. It's complicated, and it's very, very, very uh, factually specific. So I could say a thing, and you might assume that that applies to your specific fact pattern, what's going on in your family, and it may not. And so if you decide to make decisions with regard to some of the things I'm chatting about, uh, you really ought to not do that without first consulting with us or consulting with a lawyer who knows something about this stuff because there are lots of pitfalls and lots of mistakes. And so I'm asking you, don't pretend or don't make up a story that you know how this stuff works and that something you heard me say is the right thing for your family to do. Okay, fair enough? All right, so what we're going to do, like I said, is, is talk about what a nursing home admission looks like. Now, here's the thing: we need to, I, I think, make some uh, some definitions here first. First, uh, what is a nursing home? Because uh, you know, people <clears throat> kind of tend to think about the nursing home as any of the uh, air quote old folks' homes, right? But but there's a, there's different types of these communities, these facilities, and some of them are what are called skilled nursing facilities. That's what we commonly call the nursing home. Some of them, though, um, may be an assisted living facility or personal care home or independent living. And those are lower tiers of care, and things operate a little bit differently there. Um, so going from, the, the, I guess, the least amount of care to the highest amount of care, independent living facilities, this is really like a, a quality of life decision. Okay, I might go to an independent living facility because I'm tired of taking care of this big old house or I'm tired of mowing the grass or I'm tired of cooking and doing laundry, and I just want assistance with that stuff. But I want to continue to live as independently as possible. That's what independent living is all about. Now, with those types of communities, oftentimes you're going to have a down payment to get in, uh, and they'll give you a couple of different options, and then you'll have monthly dues. Um, and uh, But, the, you know, it, look, it's a very popular thing. They're building these things all over town, and a lot of people are engaged and <coughs> in, in interested in uh, in doing this. So that's independent living, but it's not really a care setting. Yeah, there there might be an employee around all the time, but... It's not really care, right? Next here is assisted living or personal care. Uh, you know, the, the care provided in these types of communities sort of overlaps. I guess the patient scene in these types of communities kind of overlaps. They are technically different licenses, uh, but uh, but the care level looks the same at, the, at these places. And I might be overgeneralizing, but this is where you can get some help with standby assistance for um, showers or getting in and out of beds or. or uh, you know, standby assistance for medication reminders or f- food or, you know, you, uh, some of these uh, communities have locked dementia units so that the person that may be a wander risk uh, can't leave the community. So that is assisted living personal care. And then in assisted living and personal care is all private pay. What I'm seeing out there is anywhere from five to maybe $8,000 a month in personal care, but this is all private pay. Um, the next level of care, what we would call a skilled nursing facility, now that's the one that the state says on average the cost of care is over eleven thousand dollars a month. But what's interesting about skilled nursing facilities, even though the monthly bill is higher, you can get Medicaid to pay for the skilled nursing facility, where Medicaid doesn't pay generally for the lower tiers of care. And so, uh, and so, what I'm really wanting to focus our conversation on today is is these admissions to the skilled nursing facility. Now. You know, in my experience, it has been that people don't just uh, call the nursing home and bring mom over and, you know, people don't just knock on the door and bring mom to a skilled nursing facility. By the time we get to a skilled nursing facility, this person needs an awful lot of care. And what generally happens, at least generally what I've seen is there will be some sort of an event. Uh, It could be a fall. It could be a medication mistake. It could be a wandering event, but it, it could be a surgery, but generally there's some issue that occurs that results in the need for uh, acute care, hospitalization, okay? And then generally what happens is you go to the hospital for whatever the issue is. If you're there for a couple of overnights and uh, and then they discharge you, then you are discharged to a skilled nursing facility. Uh, and what happens here, here's a couple, of, a couple of things to watch at this point if you have a loved one in a hospital or, or may in the future. Make sure that in your experience – or that what's going on is the person is actually admitted to the hospital. There's a lot of these things, and there's been battles over time in the courts about people not being admitted to the to the hospital, but rather um, people are uh, seen on observation status. And if you're seen on observation status, then the result of that is later, if you need to go to the nursing home, you don't get Medicare to pay for the nursing home for a while. Okay, But let's assume that the person has been admitted to the hospital. And now they're being discharged to a skilled nursing facility. Well, if the person is on Medicare, Medicare will pay the nursing home for rehab. So you pretty much get 20 days up to possibly up to a hundred days, depending on how things are going. Okay. Now most people don't end up at a hundred days. There's been cases on this over the years. It seems to me more people should be getting a hundred days, but uh, it, it just doesn't seem to happen in practice. Okay. So if, if, So what happens is, so let's walk through it again. You've been admitted to a hospital. Uh, Whatever this medical event is, is resulting in a situation where the person needs to go to a skilled nursing facility for rehab, or maybe the family has decided that this event is sort of the last straw, and and now dad needs to go to the nursing home, and he's probably going to stay there for a while. Okay. Now, we're in a skilled nursing facility. So what happens is the social worker or the discharge planner At the hospital, it calls around to the nursing homes that are suitable to take the person and says, hey, do you have any availability? Um, I've got a person with these conditions and they need some help. We're going to be discharging them tomorrow. And then so the the case managers and the social workers at the hospital, who are wonderful people, um, will try to find the appropriate bed for your mom or your dad. And then there's the discharge event. So then dad ends up at this nursing home. And up to this date, up to this time, the nursing home has not had a lot of opportunity to find out much about the person. They don't know the assets. Generally, they don't know what's going on with the finances. They're taking the person based on the assumption that at least there's some Medicare days that are going to pay for a while. And then we'll figure out how we get paid for other care later. Uh, And so then you are in a nursing home. Now, when you're admitted to a nursing home, the nursing home is required to give you some stuff. The state makes uh, them give you a bunch of paperwork about medical assistance. There's a brochure about eligibility. There's an application. There's some um, information about the estate recovery program, all of which is very complicated. And at that point, the people that work at the nursing home will attempt to ascertain um the financial situation. Is this person somebody that can pay us for a while? Is this person somebody that's immediately eligible for Medicaid? How long are we going to get Medicare days? They're trying to make an assessment on how they're going to keep their lights on and how they're going to pay their staff to take care of you. <coughs> now, during this time, okay, this is really the crucial time for families. This is where you should be seeking out some help right? because we are we are in a setting at this point where We're probably considering what happens when these Medicare days are over. What's going to happen? Is this person going to be eligible for medical assistance or Medicaid to pay the nursing home bill? And this is where the decisions are made. This is where money starts moving. This is where uh, assets start getting liquidated. And this is where um, people start doing things that they think are appropriate to become eligible for Medicaid, like buying funeral arrangements, et cetera, all right? This is where you need help, all right? Um... I, I would love to tell you it's super simple, and here's a here's a one, two, three step for you to become Medicaid eligibility, but uh, Medicaid eligible. But I can tell you, it's way more complicated than that. And so, at this point, now I, I, I encourage you strongly to seek out the uh, the counsel of a certified elder law attorney because the social workers at the nursing home the billing office of the nursing home will start giving you some information about medicaid they'll start chatting through with you generally how much money you're allowed to keep and you're over-resourced or you're under-resourced and they're meaning well all right the folks that work at the nursing home mean well and some of them are fantastic with what they know but some of them are not and sometimes people get bad information at this point i've seen i've seen over the years people getting information that Might apply to eight out of 10 people that come through the nursing home door, but did not apply to the person that they told it to. And then based on that information that they're getting from the nursing home or based on the information that they're getting from friends and family or financial folks or reading on the internet, people start making moves. Oh, we got to go do this funeral arrangement. Oh, we got to go do this thing or that thing or this other thing. And I got to tell you, you know, you'll make mistakes here and not even know it. All right. um, And I'll give you an example. Um, one of the things that occurs, like let's take a married case. One of the things that occurs in a married case is you're allowed to keep, uh, the healthy spouse is allowed to keep half of the available resources up to a defined maximum, uh, of just over about $130,000. All right. So if we get a husband and wife case and, and they have $100,000 and the husband goes to the nursing home, the wife should be allowed to keep about 50. Okay. The husband's not going to be able to keep all that much. And then the rest of it goes to the nursing home. But there are exceptions to that rule, okay, based on the income levels and based on health conditions and based on some other things, you might be able to keep a little bit more. But a lot of the nursing homes will say, well, you've got 100, you're only allowed to keep 50, you got you to gotta go do funeral arrangements, or you got to go buy a car, you got to go do something else. And they don't do the analysis, because they don't know how, it's not really their job, but they don't do their analysis to see... Do any of these other exceptions apply? Can we keep more money? Um, and this is sort of like two hundred level Medicaid planning, right? So everybody knows the general rules. What I call the low hanging fruit. The low hanging fruit is yeah, you can go buy a, a car. Yeah, you can go buy a funeral. But but is that the right thing to do? Like, it, um, why do we need a car if we're in the nursing home, et cetera? Right. So so just because you can do a thing doesn't mean that it's the right thing for you to do in this situation. And so a lot of the times we'll meet families in this and we'll run some math and we'll say, Whoa, 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 don't go don't go buy that funeral because with this income analysis we just did, you're actually able to keep more money. You're automatically eligible for Medicaid. So I've met families who had they not gone out and done some self help Medicaid spend down stuff, um, they could have kept more cash, but they decided to go buy a funeral because that's what they read on the internet and uh and it's not actually what they needed to do. What we could have done was kept more cash for uh for the healthy spouse. And so I'm just using this. I I know that we're getting into the weeds a little bit here, but but I I, I want you to know that a nursing home admission should be seen as a legal problem. Right? If any other creditor were coming after you for eleven thousand dollars a month, Odds are you'd probably seek some help to figure out, is there anything I can do about this? Uh, But people tend to clam up with the nursing home. People tend to say, uh, you know, well, one, there's some emotional stuff about admitting somebody to the nursing home. It's kind of admitting that we're not able to take care of dad anymore or uh, I'm not able to take care of my spouse anymore and I'm embarrassed about it or I feel guilty about it. And so I I don't really feel like talking about it with a whole lot of people. right? And so, you know, for those reasons or, or just fear, of what the nursing home's going to do. People don't go seek help, but but you should because while the Medicaid rules are confusing and while the Medicaid rules are um harsh, there are some exceptions in there that allow us to make some moves to protect you. And and so um it's not uncommon for us to protect some significant money even after somebody's in a nursing home. I can I can almost promise you somebody's listening to this radio show, they're driving around and they're, they have a loved one in a nursing home paying privately right now. If you have a loved one in a nursing home paying privately right now, you ought to have us take a look at the situation. We can we can analyze it. We can tell you, hey, look, there's, there's a planning scenario here that we can figure out. There's something that we can do to help you protect money. Uh, we do those consultations for free. Uh, and so don't just assume just because you didn't plan five years ahead or because the nursing home told you there's nothing that you can do or because you read on the internet, there's nothing you can do, don't assume that's the case. Have this thing, have us take a look at it, because we might just be able to help you out. Um, Now, I'd like to offer you a couple of ways to get some more information on this stuff. Uh, If you go to my website, which is secklerlawfirm.com, that's spelled S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, if you go to the Contact Us tab and put in your information and say, send me the guide, then we will send you a free Medicaid guide that I put together on some of the more complex Medicaid eligibility rules. Um, and it's a nice little starting uh, thing. If you're, if you've got somebody in a nursing home or someone going to the nursing home, you got questions around Medicaid uh, this, uh, this guide I think you'll find pretty helpful. The other option you have, and you can, you can get that by going to the contact us tab at secular or just simply email us at info at secular and just put in the subject line. Send me the Medicaid guide. Uh, and we'll get that to you uh, so that you can review that, and then we can follow up with you on, on whether we can help you or not. The other thing you can do is on my uh, website, I have a pre-recorded Medicaid workshop that you ought to check out, uh, if, especially if you have someone in a nursing home or about to be. If you go to the workshops tab at secularlawfirm.com, and go to the workshops tab, you will see an option to click into what we call our Medicaid workshop. And it's a pre-recorded Zoom workshop that I did uh, in the last year here talking about Medicaid eligibility and some of the planning options that you could implement to help protect money from long-term care expenses. So check it out. Look, we put these free resources out here so that you can get more information about your situation. But they all come with the caveat that don't do this on your own. This is not self-help. You might, you know, sometimes I'm nervous about even putting the information out there because I'm afraid a family's going to try to do it on their own, and they're going to make a mistake, and then, you know, they're going to do it because the, they think they heard something I said one way, and, and perhaps it kind of worked another way. So just be careful with it, but get this information, treat it as education, but then let us, let us analyze your situation to make sure that these techniques and strategies are, are the appropriate strategy in your situation. Uh, this is not this is not self help we 're not home depot. This is not something that you can go and just get the tools and do it yourself it 's a little bit more complicated than that. You need a lawyer to help you figure it out you shouldn't need a lawyer just as an aside. I really feel like. You shouldn't need a lawyer to help you figure out how to care for a loved one, but we've got this crazy complicated long-term care system in this country that essentially requires you to go broke if you don't do anything else, and there's all these complicated rules, and there's exceptions to the rules, and there's exceptions to the exceptions of the rules, and it's in those nuances— where we're able to like pick and choose and find some opportunities for our clients to protect the house, to protect some savings, to, to keep money around for the kids or for a disabled kid. There's opportunities buried in there, um, but you're not going to find them on your own, and, and you really need somebody with some experience to help you with that. So if you tuned in late, you were listening to the Life & Legacy show sponsored by the Secular Law Firm. Uh, where great families make great estate plans and we are talking today about how um, the nursing home admission process takes place, how people make mistakes and what you can do about it. And and I've said it a few minutes ago and I'll say it a, a, a bunch more times, uh, you know, as I meet people. Unfortunately, the admission to a nursing home is a legal problem. You should, you should consider the admission to a skilled nursing facility to be the same as if somebody was suing you, okay? Now, I want to make a clear point. It's not the nursing home's fault, right? The nursing home and most of the people working in most of the nursing homes are good people. Uh, they mean well. They got into this, care, this field because they wanted to care for people. The problem is we have this crazy, screwed-up Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care system in this country that requires people to go broke based on the health condition that they have, right? Because if you really think about it, what's really going on here is if you have acute care issues, like if I am if I were over 65 and on Medicare and I would have a heart attack and I'd need to go to the hospital and I would need to uh, the life flight and open-heart surgery and you know make the thing as expensive as you can figure— Let's say it's a half a million dollars of medical care, and I'm on Medicare. Medicare is going to pay for most of that. Yeah, there might be coinsurance and there might be co-pays, et cetera, but Medicare is doing the heavy lifting on that hospitalization because Medicare pays for acute care. But if my health event is not a heart attack, if my health event is rather uh, – uh, sort of a uh, chronic long-term care issue like Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's or COPD or mobility issues or any of the things that, you know, people end up in skilled nursing facilities with, well, Medicare doesn't pay for that. Medicare only pays for 20 days, maybe up to 100 days, depending on how it's going, after which you are on your own at an average cost of over $350 a day. And so... You know, when, when you start looking at this and you really start analyzing this system, it doesn't take you long to figure out this thing is screwed up. We are treating people differently based on the health care event that they have. People's retirements, how, how you fare and how your spouse fares in retirement, the biggest factor that's going to impact that, the biggest risk you have is medical expenses. And there are certain medical expenses that Medicare pays for, and there are certain medical expenses that Medicare does not pay for. And so it's, it's kind of this screwed up system where how you fare in retirement is entirely related to what eventual health care issue you're going to have, which is almost entirely out of your control. So it's a roll of the dice, folks. If you are going to have cancer or heart attack or some acute care thing, and you know we all have to wrestle with our morbili- uh, mortality these days, the you have to you have to understand that that the the issues that result in acute care, surgery, and medications, generally speaking, that's paid for by Medicare. But the care associated with more chronic issues, long term care, custodial type issues, Medicare doesn't pay for that. And so, you know, if if uh the obvious question you should be handling a- asking yourself is what healthcare issue am I going to have? Because if you don't know the answer to that, which if look, if you know how to find that answer, please call me. But assuming you don't know the answer to what eventual healthcare issue you're going to have, then, you know, it seems to me we ought to be doing some planning. We ought to protect ourselves. And so if you are not currently in this situation, if you just listen to this radio show and just got scared by it, well, good. That's kind of the point is, yeah, you know, my opinion is more people need to know more about this stuff because this is what's really making people go broke. But anyway, I, I, I digress. If, if you are learning from this show and you're thinking, man, I don't want to be subject to those issues. Uh, and you want to plan ahead? Well, then you should come to one of our workshops. You should come to one of the uh, Secular Law Firm estate planning and elder law workshops that we host, and we do a couple a month. We do some in person, we do some on Zoom. You can find out all about them at the Secular Law S e c h l e r Law Firm dot com. If you go there, you can find access to our upcoming uh, Zoom and uh, our upcoming live in person workshops come. We'll talk about things like wills and trust and powers of attorney. I'll go into a deeper dive on Medicaid eligibility. We'll talk about how we can use some of these tools to help protect you and your family from these harsh government rules. And just, you know, begin the process of how we're going to figure out the best plan uh, that you can have for your family. Uh, so come to one of the workshops. If you do have one in, if you do have a family member currently in a nursing home, then I don't think that the workshop is, it would be helpful, but I don't think it's the first stop. I think the first stop is just call us for an initial consultation because if you're paying $350 a day, I'm not going to make you wait three weeks to get into a workshop. Just come uh, and chat with us and let's figure out if we can get something started. Uh, more information on that, you could download, you could uh, request access to our free Medicaid guide. So send an email. If you're Look, you probably got your phone in your pocket right now. Send an email to info at SecularLawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, or go to the Secular Law Firm website and the Contact Us page and just ask for a free Medicaid guide and I'll get it to you. And then you can read that and you can use that as a starting point to figure out if Medicaid planning may apply to your situation. Is there anything we can do to help you save some money? So I hope you found that helpful. I also hope that you will take the caution that I urged at the beginning of the show and I'm urging again that you should not make any legal and financial decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show uh, legal uh, problems like the admission to a nursing home are factually specific. And some of the things that we talk about here may or may not apply to your specific fact pattern. And you need to have the help of a lawyer to, uh, to figure it out for you. So uh, if you have questions uh, for more information, you want to reach out to us, go to secular law We can get you that Medicaid guide, or you can sign up for one of our free workshops, uh, and I thank you for listening. Have a great day. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. com or call 724-841-1393.